Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Power, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. And StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage. Welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm your host, Francie, and here we talk about everything electric from EVs to public charging to the electric grid and much, much more. Today, I am joined by my colleagues, Jordan and Kyle, who recently attended the CES show, the Consumer Electronics Show, that has a tremendous amount of technology on display, plenty to see and learn about. And we're going to focus on what they saw today in terms of EVs and EV charging, and maybe a little more fun things thrown in there too. So yeah, thanks guys for joining me. How was the trip? Can I point out, that's just like saying EGMP platform. Um, I was going to say, that's like ASAP as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're just nitpicking. The S S and CES stands for show. Um, Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's fine. It was a fun fun show. Um, insanely huge for those who don't know. Like 130,000 people attended this year. That's like the population of my hometown uh, city. So <laughs> it's it was a lot. And as you traverse the halls, you hear 30,000 different languages um, and That's a lot like of companies. Korean. Yeah, a lot a lot of Korean, a lot of some Japanese, um, but just so many companies. Ones I've heard of, like we we went to see our favorites, but also a lot that I was like, I didn't know you were a thing. Um, so it, it was pretty wild. And I think every year we see a, a, a gradual increase of EVs and charging companies. Um, although some just like don't show up certain years. It's kind of interesting. And some like Honda just came back after a, a hiatus and unveiled the most concepty concepts we've ever seen, <laughs> which that's a whole rant for Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure you can rant about all that. And yeah, of course, there's a huge 
like display, I mean, everything technology trends that I'm sure you saw running through, whether it's in the automotive industry or not, but like you, you kind of referenced this, but these kind of shows attract, of course, huge crowds, but also different attendees, like different hosts, booths and stuff. And I know that we attend a lot of shows. Is this the one that y'all anticipate most every year? I think I'm most intrigued because it is so huge. You know, the LA auto show, the Chicago, the New York auto shows, we show up and we know pretty much exactly what's going to be there. And it's almost, you know, challenging. I mean, you were with us in LA. It was like, okay, what content can we film? Because most of these cars have been out for what feels like a decade. Um, you can't even always sit in them or drive them. It's, it's, you're finding the little nuggets of new things. Whereas CES a is humongous. There are literally, I don't know how many hundreds of companies there. And there's so many weird, quirky niche things, which are super cool. Um, I ran into an EV company that's based out of New York that builds something in Detroit. And it's probably vaporware never come out. But it's just like, that was cool and kind of weird and quirky. And the the guy who was like at the booth, like wasn't even that passionate about it. He's like, yeah, I don't know if these are going to be made. <laughs> and I was like, nice. I'll film I'll fill the TikTok. Um, anyways, and it's, it's, it's just funny how many things that show up there that we don't even know exist. Um, so I think that's, I'm more excited about CES than the other auto manufacturer or the auto shows, because also this is not just auto. Like if you go to LA auto show and you're like, Oh wow, a charger. Uh, it's, it's not plugged in. Um, whereas yeah, this right, is like, that was every, every <laughs> charger at the auto show in LA was not plugged in. Whereas this one, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear some of Kyle's take. Cause I think Kyle went through a bunch more charging booths than I was able to get to. Um, so I'm curious to see, the state of charging, if we can borrow our friend Tom's channel uh, name, to of what it was at CES, because there's so many companies now. And I don't know, are we remotely close to saturation, or is this just like we need as many companies as possible doing this, and what makes them different from the others? Yeah, well, all good questions, and I agree. CES is the big show of the year, I think, from our side, because it's a great way to start the year. It's where everyone is debuting their 2024 product line for charging or cars or whatever it would be. It's a, a great way to start off January with so much content. So we're never at a lack of content at the beginning of January, which is great. And, uh, you know, builds the relationships that we can set videos out throughout the rest of the year, which is always a nice uh, thing for us. Like we already have, I don't know, at least 15 or 20 ancillary videos that will come after us visiting and meeting with people. And we're scheduling visits to uh, Europe and China to go meet with these companies. And, and there's just so much business that happens after CES, but that stems from the show. So I'm excited. CES is the North American auto show. Uh, now it has taken the top place. Crazy enough that the Detroit North American International Auto Show wants to like compete next year with CES. And I'm like, no one's going to show up to Detroit. Why would you put it on the 10th? We're all going to be in Vegas. So that's dumb. And I just, yeah. I don't know. Everyone's kind of annoyed with that. But anyway, yeah. um, I'm sorry, Francie, go ahead. Well, I saw you tweet about that, and um, yeah, yeah, I was interested to hear your take. It kind of makes sense. I feel like the auto shows, they're also just such a narrow scope that could be included just in a larger tech show, like you're saying. But to try to compete, I feel like these shows also bring a ton of tourists. I mean, of course, the CES, CES was in Las Vegas, which... People are like, all from all over the world, they're like, yeah, I'll go to that show for multiple reasons. It's in Las Vegas, but to host in Detroit, which has the history, of course, but I feel like it might just bring people in from Michigan. 
Who wants to go to Detroit? <laughs> Actually, D- Detroit's gotten way better over the the recent years. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fun. Like Chicago Auto Show in what February? Worst time to go to Chicago. Detroit in January. Worst time to go to Detroit. Vegas in January. That's that's totally doable. I mean, it was like cold for all, like all the people in Vegas were like, oh my gosh, I'm bundling up. And meanwhile, I was like, maybe I'll bring a hoodie. It's 50, <laughs> maybe short sleeve, maybe hoodie. I don't know. I did wear the Marquez Brownlee hoodie and multiple people asked if I worked for him, which was really great. Uh, but <laughs> but it, it is, I agree with Kyle. It is like the North American show for what we see in the U S but it's also so much more global than I realized. Like a lot of companies are at CES that are not even targeting America at all. I mean, right. Tog, for example, they had the second or maybe tied for the biggest booth along with Kia, um, and they don't even sell in North America. And I, you know, ignorantly, I think at first was like, oh, they're like a, a concept car that's hoping to come out. No, no, no. They're already making cars and selling them in other countries and regions. Um, and that's who they were there you know, four. And there's a lot of other companies that do the same thing. They're like, there's different Asian companies interfacing through CES. And I was like, well, it'd probably be easier if you just did it over there, but, but <laughs> right, just sure, come over channel. here, come <laughs> over here. Vegas does have great Asian food. We had some amazing Asian food. Um, so that's all I'm, I'm always down to go to Vegas, but it, it is true. Like this time, especially I was like, Holy cow. There's so many companies based in China and Korea and Japan. And I want to go over there and see what they're doing like on their home turf, because there's just so much stuff happening in China that people don't really realize here. I, I, I want more people to go to CES because it makes you open your eyes a bit beyond, you know, the U S EV and charging situation. That's a good point. Yeah. Interesting global perspective, Kyle, yeah. anything to, uh, yeah, well, I think we should talk charging for a second because, yeah. of course, we cover cars and charging on our reviews channel. And the the charging portion is the most interesting. You have some of the biggest players out there. I'm talking ABB from the beginning, of course, Autel, and a few other of the big household names that we're used to seeing. But then also so many startups that are like just white labeling, repackaging, and some of them are super legit, like Star Charge, who actually sponsors this one. Of course, I'm going to say they sponsor us. I mean it regardless. Um, Like they are literally the largest EVSE manufacturer in the world, but like no one's ever heard of them. And then you get companies that like no one's ever heard of them and no one probably will ever hear of them that just like are here one year and they won't be here the next. And they're just selling boxes with cables attached to it with, you know, zero knowledge base of their product, zero understanding of how the U S system works. And, um, it's, it's such a wide breadth. So I feel like we go there, we figure out who's legit, who's not, who do we want to work with? Who do we not want to work with? Um, because everyone wants to like do a, a video without a spec, which is really cool. We're lucky to be in that position. But like, I don't want to be promoting crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we we basically go there and, and meet with the people. And for me, it's it's all about people. If they can, if they're knowledgeable, the engineers are on site. If they can stand behind their product, if they can show me products in the field that are working repeatedly over a long period of time, I'm game. We need reliable charging products. But so many of these companies are like. I'm like, oh, how many kilowatts can this can do? And they go, kilowatt, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, my God, not only is there a major language barrier, which we can't, of course, get frustrated at that, but like, there's a zero knowledge base for half of these people. So it's really cool to go there and sort out what's legit, what's not. The big trend right now in charging is 
Uh, well, I would say there's two big trends. The big boy players, the one who's been in the industry, they are focusing on reliability, user interface, um, you know, and and making sure that the that customers have a well thought out, amazing charging experience. That's what's needed. And then you have the new guys that are like, we're cheaper than everyone, and you know, it's basically this ugly ass box that you plug some wires into. Who knows how long it'll last? Who knows the temperature or altitude ratings? They don't know. Uh, so, you know, there's like these split levels. And it's like, if you're a CPO, many of them are just going to go, okay, I want a 240 kilowatt all-in-one charger and I want the cheapest one. And they're just going to get stuck with crap. And so uh, that's, that's what I'm seeing. Jordan, did you kind of mm-hmm. notice that as well? Yeah, and I think not to continuously reference Tom's channel, but it, it reminds me of the issue with all the EVSEs, you know, basically what what we think of garage chargers, I guess, that are available like on Amazon, eBay, or even from specific sites. And so many consumers don't know how to cross shop them or compare them. And Tom's doing important testing with that because there's so many that are maybe not quite certified or they've like skirted the certification just enough or people don't even know to look for certification. I mean, that logic applies with, for example, um, Apple chargers. I mean, sure, there's a lot of like eBay or gas station chargers that will work, but they're not technically certified. Um, I did have one catch fire one time. So I was like, ever since then, I've like, okay, I'm just going to get the certified ones um, because that's a little terrifying. But it's more scary when you're dealing with way more voltage. uh, And so that's why I think it's really important that people find chargers that are actually good. And Mm -hmm. marketing is one thing. It's really easy to market a really crappy product. And that unfortunately sells them a lot. We see this with mm-hmm. cars too. Um, maybe not selling them, but just like the whole vaporware situation, concept cars that will never be made, but their marketing is insane. Their website's perfect. And they take a hundred dollars and then disappear. And it's like, well, who saw that coming? Um, it, that's why yeah. it's good to get like nerdy and gritty and see mm-hmm. what's underneath the surface. And it helps meeting, like Kyle said, some of the people behind the company. If you can even just talk to a single person there, you can probably gauge a bit better how real or knowledgeable or well-built they are. So it's, yeah. it's going to be an issue for a while, I think, but uh, just we need more knowledge base, I think. Yeah. It's really interesting because um, these are really, really important things that you're integrating into your life, like putting into your garage, charging your EV, perhaps putting yourself at risk. And the fact that getting off brand or, or like, you know, aftermarket products is so accessible, but not honestly, sometimes not the safest option makes Tom's work, our work, other people's work in truly investigating them, like you said, meeting the team, but testing them and understanding the standards and regulation and policies and all the nitty gritty details behind it important for our audience. So um, really interesting. Kyle, you mentioned that there's a focus on creating an amazing charging experience. Would you argue that an amazing charging experience is one that you don't even have to think about? What what makes an amazing charging experience for a customer? Well, let's do a whole podcast on that in the near future. You know, what what is sort of needed on that side. But I think um I think everyone gets the idea at CES from a charging perspective, which is you can go for the really well thought out, high quality, nicely engineered stuff, which is going to be more expensive, or you can go for boxes with crap inside that's going to be less expensive and both fill a niche and both fill a need. Uh, So from the car perspective, 
I would say there was less exciting car news this year. Last year, I was able to film the VinFast VF8 and drive it for the first time. I was able to bring the Polestar 3 to the market, uh, first YouTube uh, review of that one at last year's show. And so there was a few... I think even a couple more cars that I was able to film that we hadn't seen before. There was no new car at this show that's going to come to production other than some concept stuff. Right, Jordan? I think we'd seen VF9 before. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess this was technically VinFast unveiling for the North American market, the VF3, which is amazing. Um, 17 inches shorter than a Fiat 500e. If that tells you anything, (laughs) I'm so excited for that little thing. Yeah. And, and they did unveil what I will argue is one of the less, at least from the outside, one of the less concepty concepts, uh, the VF wild, which is a pickup truck. Um, and they're, maybe they're seeing all these pickup trucks going crazy in the U S and they're like, Oh heck yeah, we're going to jump on that market. Um, who knows if they actually do that. They need to get their shit together and build a good car. They just need one good car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and they need one good car, and yet they have what VF three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and this truck concept. They keep like doing other things. They get distracted before they like refine one product. I'm not really yeah. sure why, other than the fact that every time you unveil something, huge headlines. I mean, Motor Trend, everything had headlines about these concepts they were unveiling that you couldn't even like really look inside i mean the truck you could look inside and it was the inside of the truck why does the industry get excited about these things that i don't understand it's something new and flashy and something they can share photos of on social media and that's gets them really excited and a lot of people do just i mean the first impression of a vehicle is always the design um and then the nerds start looking at the specs and cross shopping compared to the sheets and everything. But the design is what gets people in the door. And so that's why it's really easy for manufacturers. They understand this. It's, and that's, you know, a whole other podcast topic maybe is, uh, uh, concept cars in general, um, and their place in the industry, but it gets people intrigued and thinking about what, uh, well, it shows off their design language, first of all, for the future looking forward. So, I don't know. It, the truck looks very VinFast. I think it actually looks fantastic, but I don't really want to spend much time on it because it's like it, they may not actually make it. I mm-hmm. I would love to drive the VF8 and the other ones. I mean, the VF3, I think, would be the most fun thing to try out here in Colorado. 125 miles of range, totally reasonable. But even then, that's a figure they just threw out there. So it's it's hard to sift through the like actual facts versus what they're just throwing out there with an asterisk next to it. Um, well, that's, that's a lot right. of cars. And then also, Honda had some vacuum cleaners on display. Um, they're yep. like dust buster. They called it a saloon, but it's a coupe. I don't understand. And then they have yes. this space concept, space, which looks like a Hyundai Ionic 9, would it be? Or Ionic 7? Space Hub? Yeah, it's called the Space Hub. It does look like an Ionic 7, but bigger and more van-like. And yes, the front and rear of these are, well, the fronts especially are just screens, and the rears are outlines. I don't know. It's it's like, it's it's a weird... So (laughs) They're cool, but they won't ever look like that. That's the problem. They're so concepty, and the whole point of those cars was for Honda to say, we're trying to make things lightweight and like going back to the drawing board with EVs, and we need less battery, and like they're good, good concepts, mm-hmm. mentally speaking, to go along with the concepts physically, but like those don't necessarily go hand in hand. These were just 
kind of silly. Um, Here, and here's how to appeal to an American audience. It's not with light waiting and saving <laughs> the planet. It's freaking 150 plus kilowatt hour battery packs and 300 kilowatt charging and long distance and make the cars freaking usable. The thing is, Honda doesn't have a long range product as their halo they got to start somewhere they got to compete on today's playing field and then you can lightweight and understand your audience and go with what they're looking for but no one's going to have a a compromised vehicle and go well actually i'm I'm, i weigh 200 pounds less than you do so it's okay i got to charge for another 10 minutes that people don't think like this Hmm. yeah Yeah. we have Uh well, we we have five years uh, roughly left till well six years till twenty thirty when Honda says they're going to have thirty electric vehicles by then, and uh, they have what a prologue coming, mm-hmm. uh, built on Ultium, uh, mm-hmm. and then the Honda E, which they what discontinued. <laughs> They yeah. have the Moto Compacto, so we're good. They have the Moto Compacto. <laughs> I mean, they the Honda Pilot is just such a like reliable car. I want them to come out with. Just a e- e- electric Honda Pilot, or just something that, with that. What? What? Why? What's your connection <laughs> to the Honda Pilot? Pilot? It's my brother. That was my my mom's car, and then she it. gave it to my brother, and it lasted okay. him until someone crashed into it on the road. But I mean, it's just. And my friend had it in college. It just runs like you give it to your kid because it'll keep going. But it could have driven away from that crash. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Right, then, he got, then he got a Tesla, yeah. so uh, he, <laughs> he did his upgrade. But um, I mean, so with all these concepts and stuff yeah i mean one will they make it and honda hasn't really proved that they can go concept to reality and also manufacturing you know using another automaker that um hasn't had the best reputation lately in manufacturing their own evs right ultium gm so i don't know well honda was supposed to do more another platform with gm and they've backed out of that now so maybe they're wising up a bit um it's just across the booth from honda was mullen uh who they when they said our press conference is instead of a time slot just said after honda's (laughs) whatever honda's done we'll we'll try so mullen unveiled the rs5 or the 5rs whatever did um, you fall off of it yeah, the mirror fell off during the unveiling. Oh. Uh, when they closed the door, it just fell off. And the spec sheet literally just copy-paste everything Tycon does, does, and then they just like put it on their spec sheet, and then with an asterisk saying targeted figure. Um, yeah, oh, nice. I love it. And it got and so many headlines. Want, don't they want like 300 and something thousand dollars for that thing? Probably, Jeez. yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to look up the price. It's the Mullen, Mullen 5RS. 5RS. Good-looking car. Oh yeah, it looks right. good. Huge wing on the back. <laughs> so the Mullen Five starts at fifty-five thousand, and the Mullen Five RS starts at three hundred grand. Wow! Ooh. Ouch! Why? Well, yeah, why? I mean, if it's exemplifying well, another the, car, they can't build the fifty-five thousand dollar one. So, like, let's build a three hundred thousand dollar one. Get that profit margin. Uh, yeah, and, and they're comparing uh, it to an old Tycon in terms of specs because the new Tycon comes out very soon. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of wait and see with the automakers. It sounds like nothing new. You said um, in terms of NACS, the North American Charging Standard. Um, of oh, course, I'm this sorry, is the- there was something cool from an automaker, and Tell it was me, Mercedes, and it was this Will I Am sound system from Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, and. Okay, first of all, this dude tried to start, I think, a couple car companies, like with modifying Teslas oh. or something like that. Do you remember I that, didn't Jordan? Know that. Wasn't that a thing? I, 
I, I remember headlines, but I didn't really follow it much. Yeah. Anyway, oh, you can now yeah. play music in your Mercedes EQ model. So it, if you're under 15 miles an hour, you get a bass track. If you turn the wheel, instruments come in. If you floor oh, you it. You mean sound effects. Track. Yeah, but but it's it's composing a whole song. So if you see you are like the composer. Mercedes, yeah, if you see a Mercedes like driving like a complete idiot around, they must <laughs> be composing music. It's really that's honestly really kind of cool. I like the idea. It's that's fun. Yeah, that is Jordan, fun. Damn it. <laughs> Jordan, that's what Jordan would look like with his lasers behind us, listeners. He has brought up his lasers. Um, so okay, fun stuff, but nothing like tremendously wow, groundbreaking in the EV world from the automakers. No. Okay, yeah, so it, it, it's all appearance, but not really concrete. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it, charging stuff seemed more concrete. And Kyle, how many like Nax things did you see, or J thirty four hundred, or whatever it's called? Yeah, well, I think we're we're pretty much, you know. So there's a lot of cable manufacturers there, and I spoke to them about okay, how are you working through the UL process? How's the liquid mm-hmm. cooling? 500 amp plus versions going keep in mind you know like the industry is always settled in at 500 amps is where we need to be but most cars today are looking for 500 amps at least in the u.s you know rivians mercedes eqs bmws but we we need like the more and like tesla's 700 amps so like let's start 500 shouldn't be the goal 700 amps should be the new 500 and maybe 750 should be the new 500 of course as voltages go higher it will become less needed but Okay. So yeah, spoke to a lot of cable manufacturers. There still seems to be not one UL approved Tesla J3400 connector, hmm. which is why we don't see them in the public yet. So I'm, I'm talking aftermarket. Mm-hmm. So soon, okay. it seems this is the year, a couple months. Amphenol had a ton of their cables all sitting on different chargers. So we know they're ahead. We saw a lot of Samwu cables. We saw... Yeah, so 3400's coming along. Um, Autel mm-hmm. had a really nice level two unit with with the, their uh, Nax connection, but not, nothing that's happening uh, as fast as the automakers want them to go. Sure, and no one's saying, "Yeah, we found you know w- what we think is going to work for us." They're still basically investigating like companies like Autel. Which oh, right. So, like, an Autel is still like, we haven't made final selections on cable providers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Interesting. Any other? I mean, you've talked about reliability, of course, user interface. It basically seems like a good charging experience. Of course, we're looking at NACs. It seems like we're not there yet. There's, I mean, J3400 got, it's actually standardized or the standard written only so recently. So, I can imagine that that's going to take its time to move through the phases that it needs to anything yeah, that the, you, mm-hmm. go ahead no I go ahead Francis. i feel like you're gonna <laughs> just anything <laughs> else kyle yeah i was gonna say well the ces was way more than just cars and charging there was also yeah. sensor companies lidar radar a ton of tier one suppliers tier two suppliers uh some inventors that were there that were you know stretching the budget for a booth to showcase their new product all the way to okay. companies like magna who like had half the floor and you know a hundred employees there or something so mm-hmm. you know it's just a wow. really cool spread multiple halls there were three main halls plus an off-site venetian location which had like a lot of e-bikes and stuff but not so much on the the car side a couple chargers stuff uh the venetian and then there were two outdoor areas where Mercedes and BMW were doing test drives. There were some EA stations at a uh, EVTOL, 
um, sort of helicopter looking thing. Don't know what they were doing there, but there was a thing. And then, um, yeah, there was like a lot of weird stuff. Like, obviously, like some people were like, do you want to put your brand on this thing? And people said, yes, it made no sense. Um, sure. There was the, the boring tunnel was ripping. They had over a hundred cars going was my understanding. Nice. And that actually worked out pretty well for us this show. I still don't understand why they don't just use like a train or a tram, but whatever. Yeah. And we never had to wait for a car. We just walked into one every time. And that was partially because we were the first ones to get there and the last ones to leave. So we were uh, you know, away from the crowds for the most part, but it, it worked out pretty well for us. And we just shuttled to resorts world back and forth as we always do. And yeah, uh, yeah nice, nice show. It seems like it was a nice show. Of course, I feel like AI, people are often showing how they're going to use AI. I feel like that's just being sprinkled across of every product, service, and even the industry because they're trying to make cars drive themselves and all that stuff, whatever it is. But did you, was that just a theme throughout as well? Yeah, massive. AI will take over and transform like desk jobs. Like if you're if you're an accountant or a day trader or something, AI is is just coming so fast and people don't realize it. And the capabilities and and the speed at which it gains capabilities is just something I can't even begin to wrap my head around. So I have no idea what the future holds, but it's going to be totally different than what we know as today. Three years from now, our entire landscape will be changed because of AI. Is my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon Web Services, AWS had a huge uh, I think value proposition adding to the vehicle purchase and ownership experience from a configurator to handling the delivery of the car to the purchase itself of the vehicle all the way down to the recycling at the end of life. So that was pretty cool. Mm. And um, yeah, lots of cool stuff all around. AI, robotics were two main topics of the show, but less mm-hmm. less focus on full self-driving. There was less like autonomous buzzwords being thrown around. People are like, that's hard. Let's do something more manageable. Sure. Yeah. Uh, totally get that. And I mean, of course, this is all future oriented, but it makes me think, are people like, is the approach you think that folks at this show, these technology companies, are they building the future or trying to predict it and prepare for it? Both. They're trying to do both succeeding is a different story but it it is interesting how the buzzwords you know ai is a huge buzzword that can play into a lot of um, autonomy things but then you know with recent headlines of issues with crews um for example that was like a a subject not many people touched on and maybe they were even preparing booths centered around complete self-driving and then recently with headlines it's like uh there's a lot of negative stigma around that maybe we'll not touch on that so much as just talk about our mm-hmm. sensor suites and what they're capable of, uh, but then right. you're not pushing that very hard. So I don't know. It, it is being sprinkled in everywhere. It feels like Oprah's out there just saying, you get AI and you get AI. Um, <laughs> it's funny. VW made headlines with chat GPT uh, being integrated with their mm-hmm. IDA situation. Well, that was interesting because they, that's not through Cariad. That's through another company. Yeah. Which, uh, which through. Yeah, that you would think yeah. that would all be done through Cariot, but I guess not. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder how those interact. I, I want to do more research on that, and I think there's 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 a lot to discover and explore with that um, because I think that's a huge issue. Is I mean, just in general, our, our virtual assistants are pretty dumb, and it's amazing how smart and good like ChatGPT is, especially with GPT four recently. Um, so seeing that in, integrated uh, intrigues me because it's so frustrating to like 
use your car assistant and you want something done, but if you didn't say the, the phrase exactly how it's programmed, then it's yeah. clueless. And so yeah. I, I see a lot of perks with that. And I'd love for it to just get smarter. Like me being like, Hey, I, I want to find, you know, a restaurant with rated four stars and above within five to 10 minutes of me. Um, mm-hmm. Just take me there. And because mm-hmm. currently it's just, it's so hard to find some of those things. You have to cross-reference different apps to find the location and, and even hours. It's just like, if you could just explore all the things for me and make a decision and then do it. Um, I mean, there's another product called Rabbit that I want to explore a little bit that kind of does some of that. Um, just using almost like traversing through your apps for you and finding solutions. So there's, it's really fascinating to see um, companies with that approach mm-hmm. and uh volkswagen i don't know i i didn't get to try it but i'd, I'd like to explore that a bit more because it sounds fun mm-hmm. yeah it's, yeah, it's I think like need dog-friendly hotels with charging that's something ai could do oh, create yeah. or f- or find for you along the way yeah, find along the way because what I have to do is I have to use hotels.com and plug mm-hmm. share. And then I have to call mm-hmm. the hotel to double check that the, not only is the charger available, but also is it actually dog friendly? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one part of like training the AI, the nuances of a language instead of us having to learn its language. And then also having it know us enough to make decisions for us, which I'm not so sure I'm down for uh AI making all the decisions, but I guess sometimes it would be nice to hand it away. Either way, really interesting stuff we got going on here. Um, uh, So we talked about charging. Of course, Kyle, you and Alyssa did a great walkthrough of this, of CES, like Autel, Vinfast, Luminar, Booth with Polestar 3, Cat, how the Caterpillar is going electric, uh, Iconic, or not Iconic, Ionic 5, Neo, ET7, Ytricity, Xping, Aero HT, Amazon, Lucid, tons of things. So definitely check out that video for an in-depth tour if you like to walk around with Kyle and Alyssa. Was there, I mean, it seems like people are going forward, electric is the future, but is it? Is there anyone who's just not going electric that you're like, come on, no, no matter what industry that they're in? No? Oh, not, that was at the show, at least. I mean, I think pretty much everyone's committed and, um, you know, we could do other podcasts on like companies like Toyota with their strategy, whether it's right or wrong. I, I could actually see the argument both ways. And, That's um, why they're yeah. doing all of the strategies. Right. Yeah. They're doing, like yeah. BMW is really the ones doing all the strategy. They're like, we want it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but it was a cool show. Awesome time. Saw so many viewers, so many viewers. It was mm-hmm. great to see everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's our audience right there, tech nerds. So yeah, we, we know our place fun. and uh, we had a great time and looking forward to it again next year. Yeah. Always. Let us know if you have any questions about what they did and didn't see. Go watch the walkthrough in case they answer them there. But, um, yeah, CES sounds like a really cool show. Would love to go- get to it one day. My cousin and I were talking about it. He was already watching YouTube videos about what was uh, de- de- debuted, unveiled at the show. So thanks, y'all. Glad you had fun. Glad you learned some things. Um, seems like nothing is super, super groundbreaking, but we're seeing how things are moving through the industry, which is cool. <laughs> Uh, thank you for tuning into the Autospec podcast. We really appreciate your support, and we will see you next time on the next episode. Bye bye.